Welcome to our Clothe with the Sun daily podcast, a reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Sunday, September the 3rd, 2023. It is the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, and our reading today is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing (coughs) shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. So, we have a continuation of another passage we just recently heard. I believe that was last Sunday, where Jesus says, You are Peter. Well, first, Peter says, You are the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus says, You are Peter, and on this rock I build my church. And he makes references to the gates of hell and the dome of the rock and Peter being the keeper of the keys. And now Jesus goes on to spell out the mission, which now, as they're focused on glory, he now takes their focus and places it on the cross. Our faith is about both glory and the cross. One thing about this. And I've really had to grow about a lot in this in just recent times. The fact that there is a huge difference between my cross and Jesus's cross. And therefore, when Jesus tells you and me to take up your cross and follow me, there's a cross and there's glory both at work at the same time. Because whenever Jesus gives you a well, he does, God doesn't give us crosses. The world gives us crosses. He bore the cross, not because it's God's intended will that there should be suffering. No, God intended everything to be perfect, but it's now the will of the Father that the Son save us from our sins. And so, yes, that's done through the cross. But while it's getting back to what I was saying, you know, because we we make this distinction between God's intended will and God's permissive will. That wasn't going to be the point of the sermon Um, But the point that I'm trying to make here is there's a difference between his cross and our cross. He bore the cross so that we wouldn't have to. He took our place. He endured the death penalty and even went into hell so that we don't have to. It's, It's true that we still have to die, but there's life for us. There's supernatural life right now in this world. There can be heaven for us when we die, and then there's the resurrection of the body at the final judgment. So Jesus bore his cross to redeem us 
and to save us from what we deserve for our sins. But then he says, take up your cross and follow me. And it's true. Yes, there's going to be sufferings for us. The Lord allows it for a lot of reasons. It purifies us. It, 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 like when I was, I think it was yesterday, I was talking about the purgative way and going into the illuminative way and the spiritual life. Yeah, there's dark nights, aka crosses, as we go deeper in our faith. And these, while God doesn't intend them, he permits them. And God permits them partly because it's a test. And I don't mean it, you know, we say that. A lot of people like to throw that expression around like, oh, God's testing you. Like, uh, you know, the way a football coach tests his players to see if they're tough enough. It's not exactly the same thing. What it is, however, is we can only grow to the degree that we've endured. Um, it's enduring pain, but it's getting through obstacles, overcoming obstacles. It shows that we truly love the Lord, that we truly are committed, that we truly want to go forward when we endure a cross and keep going. But even there, the reason I say the cross for you and me is also our glory. And even for Jesus, he says, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw people to myself. And he says, Father, now glorify your son. Even for Jesus, the cross is glory because he endures something far beyond anything anybody else could ever endure. And then he conquers it by rising from the dead. So even for Jesus, the cross is glory. But for you and me, when we have our little crosses to bear, it's glory because he carries it for us. Even the little crosses that you are given, you cannot handle. You know, there's an expression, God never gives us anything we can't handle. Um, it's not in the Bible, by the way. And I heard somebody say to me recently, I hate that expression because it's not true. God does give us crosses beyond our ability. The point of it is that he gives us the grace to carry them or he carries them for us. It's not that God says, oh, look, this guy can lift 50 pounds, so let's give him a cross that weighs 49. No. I mean, just to use that analogy, he might give me a cross that weighs 75. But the beauty of it, the glory of it is, he's going to be there to carry it and carry me at the same time. He carries me and the cross, which is essentially what he did in his passion. He carried a physical cross in his arms, on his shoulder, he carried us in his heart. And I don't just mean that in some airy, superficial, cutesy kind of a way. No, he really carried us. He carried our sins. He carried our guilt. He carried our pain. He brought it all to the cross and he put it all to death. He took it on himself. So Jesus also talks about gaining the world. We gain the world. And this is another interesting point. When we make decisions in our lives, we always have to consider, do I want more glory from the world? It's true. We have to take things from the world. There's nothing wrong with that. We make money to support our families. You know, you get ahead in business, you get ahead in whatever, sports, academia. There are so many ways that we gain the world. You get a bigger house, you get a nicer lawn, you get a bigger boat. There's no sin in these things. But when it comes to the issue of glory, where do you want your glory to come from? Because in the end, when you die, the boat stays here, the house stays here, even the family stays here. 
although relationships are, you know, they mean more than money. They mean more than anything physical in this world because relationships, in a sense, in a, in a very big way, we do carry them with us. Hopefully all of our relationships continue in heaven. But even the ones that don't, I mean, we are going to be judged, at least in part, on did we forgive one another? Did we love one another? Did we make sacrifices for one another? So it's a question we often have to ask. Where do we want, if God, God does intend glory for us, he also intends that we carry some crosses. At least he permits it. In the cross, like I say, is the glory. But where do you want your glory to come from? Do you want it to come from the fact that people will remember you, maybe a little bit, as that person that had that degree and got that job and had a nice lawn and had a nice boat, whatever, or do you want to be remembered as the person that loved God and God loved him or her? That person that had good relationships, that person that was loving towards his or her children, and therefore the children keep that person in their constant remembrance. And, I mean, you could go to the far extreme of sainthood, which is what really we're all called to, uh, where we're remembered for the ages, for generations, as this is a person who loved God. This is a person who made sacrifices. We're all called to that. You know, we may not all get canonized, but we're called to it. And that's where the glory comes from. Even there, the glory is not because you made the effort, although, yes, we have to make some effort. The glory comes from God's grace. There's a story, and I may have told this before, a story of a little kid that was in a tour of a cathedral. And there were a couple families, and there was a priest leading the tour. And he asked the children, uh, you know, as he was showing them the different images of saints throughout the cathedral, he said, now, who are the saints? And this little boy raised his hand, and he said, they're the ones that let the light shine through. And he was, the little boy was referring to the windows. But how profound is that? The saints are the ones who let the light shine through. God gives them the light. God provides the light. The light shines through. That's the definition of sainthood. I'm thinking today, as I just prayed about this and prayed about this whole uh, reality of glory and the cross, um, one thing that came to me, is uh, John Paul, Pope John Paul II. Pope John Paul bore many, many big crosses in his life. He also experienced lots and lots of glory in his life. And I believe the common denominator there, the thing that brings it all together, the thing that made him a saint, was just he loved Jesus and the Blessed Mother so much. When he was a little boy and his mother had died, the crosses began... Then the Nazis come in, then his father dies, and his brother dies. But he went to a statue of the Blessed Mother in the church, and he said, you're my mother now. And then he entered the seminary, and every little thing he did in all his studies and all his work, it was always all about Our Lady, to Jesus through Mary, after the spirit of St. Louis de Montfort. And he experienced great glory in his life, not just the crowds of millions that I was a part of on a couple occasions that just were shouting to him how much they loved him and he could command those crowds like the best orator you'd ever see. Um, but I mean, there were miracles around him. And 
he was a true mystic and he was so in love with the Blessed Mother he was so in love with Jesus and it would show constantly there would be heads of state gathering for an important meeting with him in the Vatican and they couldn't find him and his secretary usually knew where to find him he'd go up and down the halls looking for statues or paintings Pope John Paul would see just a picture of Our Lady and he would just go into ecstasy he'd go into deep prayer on the spot because it made him think of the Blessed Mother. Imagine if we had that much love of Jesus and Mary. And heaven, that's what that's that's what heaven's supposed to be for all eternity, where we just see the face of God and we're so in love and we're just satisfied to the ultimate degree for all eternity. Because Jesus and I, Jesus and you become one. And there's just pure joy. But yes, Pope John Paul being the mystic experienced that and yeah, I mean, I was at a mass with him once where he uh, joked that it was raining so hard. He said, instead of doing the penitential rite, let's do the sprinkling rite. And he blessed the clouds. And so now all the clouds are raining down holy water. And he did the prayer for the holy water. And we laughed, but it was legit. <laughs> he blessed the clouds, blessed the rain. And he so he didn't have to walk through the crowds of three million people. And then he went on to pray and the clouds just went woof and they just blew right to the side and he said okay let us continue to pray and then he <laughs> continues to pray and that's not the only time that happened that happened many times with him he would say a prayer over the clouds or whatever and they would quickly blow to the side and the sun would come out and he would often say things about the holy spirit being like the wind and come holy spirit when there were big winds and uh, that was an indication that god was there god was present uh, and it came through his words and it came through the many, many conversions that would happen in his presence. The many, many, uh, just times that people themselves would go into a prayerful ecstasy while they prayed with him. So we're talking about incredible holiness, incredible glory that then ultimately led to this man continuing to run the church and being heavily burdened with work while he had Parkinson's, while he could hardly move, he could hardly move his mouth, he could hardly move his head, he could, his hands were shaking, he could hardly walk, yet he still continued to lead and guide the church, and he said, this is the time that this is most important, that he could offer his sufferings for the church, and still God used him, and God did amazing things through him. So it's also a very apropos person to talk about, because we're talking about Peter here. You are the rock, and upon this rock I build my church. Jesus wasn't just saying about the cross uh, for himself. He's talking about it for the church. He's talking about it for them. But Jesus, there's always glory in his messages. Glory in this world, glory in the next world. And soon after this passage, he's going to go and be transfigured on the mountain. And Peter, James, and John will see this, and they will share in that glory. So today we celebrate Sunday. I hope everybody has a great Sunday. And while it's true, we should always be, uh, you know, reminded that there are going to be crosses. We should never expect that life is just going to be a piece of cake. At the same time, God gives us the grace. God carries the cross with us and for us. And God gives us everything we need uh, in order to share his glory. That's why he bore his cross so that he could draw us into his heavenly vision. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.